part seven the doge and doge section four of weird tales by e t a hoffman translated by j t bealby this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part seven the doge and doges section four my father went on the old woman a barber surgeon of whom it was said that he practised forbidden science as well had made me familiar from my earliest childhood with the mysterious virtues of nature's remedies by him i was taught to wander through the fields and woods learning the properties of many healing herbs of many insignificant mosses the hours when they should be plucked and gathered and how to mix the juices of the various simples but to this knowledge there was added a very special gift which heaven has endowed me with for some inscrutable purpose i often see future events as if in a dim and distant mirror and almost without any conscious effort of will i declare in expressions which are unintelligible to myself what i have seen for some unknown power compels me and i cannot resist it now when i had to stay behind in venice deserted of all the world i resolved to earn a livelihood by means of my tried skill in a brief time i cured the most dangerous diseases and furthermore as my presence alone had a beneficial effect upon my patients and the soft stroking of my hand often brought them past the crisis in a few minutes my fame necessarily soon spread through the town and money came pouring in in streams this awakened the jealousy of the physicians quacks who sold their pills and essences in st mark's square on the rialto and in the mint poisoning their patients instead of curing them they spread abroad that i was in league with the devil himself and they were believed by the superstitious folk i was soon arrested and brought before the ecclesiastical tribunal oh my tonino what horrid tortures did they inflict upon me in order to force from me a confession of the most damnable of all alliances i remained firm my hair turned white my body withered up to a mummy my feet and hands were paralyzed but there was still the terrible rack left the cunningest invention of the foul fiend and it extorted from me a confession at which i shudder even now i was to be burnt alive but when the earthquake shook the foundations of the palaces and of the great prison the door of the underground dungeon in which i lay confined sprang open of itself and i staggered up out of my grave as it were through rubbish and ruins oh tonino you called me an old woman of ninety i am hardly more than fifty this lean emaciated body this hideously distorted face this icicle-like hair these lame feet no it was not the lapse of years it was only unspeakable tortures which could in a few months change me thus from a strong woman into the monstrous creature i now am in my hideous chuckling and laughing this was forced from me by the last strain on the rack at the memory of which my hair even now stands on an end and i feel altogether as if i were locked in a red-hot coat of mail and since that time i have been constantly subject to it it attacks me without my being able to check it so don't stand any longer in awe of me tonino oh it was indeed your heart which told you that as a little boy you lay on my bosom woman said antonio hoarsely wrapped up in his own thoughts woman 
i feel as if i must believe you but who was my father what was he called what was the awful fate which overtook him on that terrible night who was it who adopted me and what was that occurrence in my life which now like some potent magical spell from a strange and unknown world exercises an irresistible sway over my soul so that all my thoughts are dissipated into a dark night-like sea so to speak when you tell me all this you mysterious woman then i will believe you tonino replied the old crone sighing for your own sake i must keep silent but the time when i may speak will soon come the fontego the fontego keep away from the fontego oh cried antonio angrily you need not begin to speak your dark sentences again to enchant me by some devilish wile or other my heart is rent you must speak or stop interrupted she no threats am i not your faithful nurse who tended you without waiting to hear what the old woman had got further to say he picked himself up and ran away swiftly from a distance he shouted to her you shall nevertheless have a new hood and as many sequins besides as you like it was in truth a remarkable spectacle to see the old doge marino falieri and his youthful wife he strong enough and robust enough in very truth but with a grey beard and innumerable wrinkles in his rusty brown face with some difficulty bearing his head erect forming a pathetic figure as he strode along she a perfect picture of grace with the pure gentleness of an angel in her divinely beautiful face an irresistible charm in her longing glances a queenly dignity enthroned upon her open lily-white brow shadowed by her dark locks a sweet smile upon her cheeks and lips her pretty head bent with winsome submissiveness her slender form moving with ease scarce seeming to touch the earth a beautiful lady in fact a native of another and a higher world of course you have seen angelic forms like this conceived and painted by the old masters such was annunciata how then could it be otherwise but that every one who saw her was astonished and enraptured with her beauty and all the fiery youths of the signori were consumed with passion measuring the old doge with mocking looks and swearing in their hearts that they would be the mars to this vulcan let the consequences be what they might annunziata soon found herself surrounded with admirers to whose flattering and seductive words she listened quietly and graciously without thinking anything in particular about them the conception which her pure angelic spirit had formed of her relation to her aged and princely husband was that she ought to honour him as her supreme lord and cling to him with all the unquestioning fidelity of a submissive handmaiden he treated her kindly nay tenderly he pressed her to his ice-cold heart and called her his darling he heaped up all the jewels he could find upon her what else could she wish for from him what other rights could she have upon him in this way therefore it was impossible for the thought of unfaithfulness to the old man ever in any way to find lodgment in her mind all that lay beyond the narrow circle of these limited relations was to this good child an unknown region whose forbidden borders were wrapped in dark mists unseen and unsuspected by her 
hence all efforts to win her love were fruitless but the flames of passion of love for the beautiful doges burned in none so violently and so uncontrolled as in michel Stenow. notwithstanding his youth he was invested with the important and influential post of member of the council of forty relying upon this fact as well as upon his personal beauty he felt confident of success old marino falieri he did not fear in the least and indeed the old man seemed to indulge less frequently in his violent outbreaks of furious passion and to have laid aside his rugged untamable fierceness since his marriage there he sat beside his beautiful annunziata spruce and prim in the richest gayest apparel smirking and smiling challenging in the sweet glances of his grey eyes from which a treacherous tear stole from time to time those who were present to say if any one of them could boast of such a wife as his instead of speaking in the rough arrogant tone of voice in which he had formerly been in the habit of expressing himself he whispered scarce moving his lips addressed every one in the most amiable manner and granted the most absurd petitions who would have recognized in this weak amorous old man the same falieri who had in a fit of passion buffeted the bishop on corpus christi day at treviso and who had defeated the valiant morbesson this growing weakness spurred on michel steno to attempt the most extravagant schemes annunziata did not understand why he was constantly pursuing her with his looks and words she had no conception of his real purpose but always preserved the same gentle calm and friendly bearing towards him it was just this quiet unconscious behaviour however which drove him wild which drove him to despair almost he determined to effect his end by sinister means he managed to involve annunziata's most confidential maid in a love intrigue and she at last permitted him to visit her at night thus he believed he had paved a way to annunziata's unpolluted chamber but the eternal power willed that this treacherous iniquity should recoil upon the head of its wicked author one night it chanced that the doge who had just received the ill tidings of the battle which nicolo pisani had lost against doria off porto longo was unable to sleep owing to care and anxiety and was rambling through the passages of the ducal palace then he became aware of a shadow stealing apparently out of annunziata's apartments and creeping towards the stairs he at once rushed towards it it was michel steno leaving his mistress a terrible thought flashed across falieri's mind with a cry annunziata he threw himself upon steno with his drawn dagger in his hand but steno who was stronger and more agile than the old man averted the thrust and knocked him down with a violent blow of his fist then laughing loudly and shouting annunziata annunziata he rushed downstairs the old man picked himself up and stole towards annunziata's apartments his heart on fire with the torments of hell all was quiet as still as the grave he knocked a strange maid opened the door not the one who was in the habit of sleeping near annunziata's chamber 
what does my princely husband command at this late and unusual hour asked annunziata in a calm and sweetly gentle tone for she had meanwhile thrown on a light night-robe and was now come forward old falieri stared at her speechless then raising both hands above his head he cried no it is not possible it is not possible what is not possible my princely sir asked annunziata startled at the deep solemn tones of the old man's voice but falieri without answering her question turned to the maid why are you sleeping here why does not luigia sleep here as usual oh replied the little one luigia would make me exchange places with her to-night she is sleeping in the anteroom close by the stairs close by the stairs echoed falieri delighted and he hurried away to the anteroom at his loud knocking luigia opened the door and when she saw the doge her master's face inflamed with rage and his flashing eyes she threw herself upon her bare knees and confessed her shame which was set beyond all doubt by a pair of elegant gentlemen's gloves lying on the easy-chair whilst the sweet scent about them betrayed their dandified owner hotly incensed at steno's unheard-of impudence the doge wrote to him next morning forbidding him on pain of banishment from the town to approach the ducal palace or the presence of the doge and doges michel steno was wild with fury at the failure of his well-planned scheme and at the disgrace of being thus banished from the presence of his idol now when he had to see from a distance how gently and kindly the doges spoke to other young men of the seigneury that was indeed her natural manner his envy and the violence of his passion filled his mind with evil thoughts the doges had without doubt only scorned him because he had been anticipated by others with better luck and he had the hardihood to utter his thoughts openly and publicly now whether it was that old falieri had tidings of this shameless talk or whether he came to look upon the occurrence of that memorable night as the warning finger of destiny or whether now in spite of all his calmness and equanimity and his perfect confidence in the fidelity of his wife he saw clearly the danger of the unnatural position in which he stood in respect to her at any rate he became ill-tempered and morose he was plagued and tortured by all the fiends of jealousy and confined annunziata to the inner apartments of the ducal palace so that no man ever set eyes upon her bodoeri took his niece's part and soundly rated old falieri but he would not hear of any change in his conduct all this took place shortly before holy thursday on the occasion of the popular sports which take place on this day in st mark's square it was customary for the dogess to take her seat beside the doge under a canopy erected on the balcony which lies opposite to the piazzetti bodoeri reminded the doge of this custom and told him that it would be very absurd and sure to draw down upon him the mocking laughter of both populace and seigneury if in the teeth of custom and usage he let his perverse jealousy exclude annunziata from this honour do you think replied old falieri whose pride was immediately aroused do you think i am such an idiotic old fool that i am afraid to show my most precious jewel for fear of thievish hands and that i could not prevent her being stolen from me with my good sword no old man you are mistaken 
to-morrow annunziata shall go with me in solemn procession across st mark's square that the people may see their doges and on holy thursday she shall receive the nosegay from the bold sailor who comes sailing down out of the air to her the doge was thinking of a very ancient custom as he said these words on holy thursday a bold fellow from amongst the people is drawn up from the sea to the summit of the tower of st mark's in a machine that resembles a little ship and is suspended on ropes then he shoots from the top of the tower with the speed of an arrow down to the square where the doge and doges are sitting and presents a nosegay of flowers to the doges or to the doge if he is alone the next day the doge carried out his intention annunziata had to don her most magnificent robes and surrounded by the seigneury and attended by pages and guards she and falieri crossed the square when it was swarming with people they pushed and squeezed themselves to death almost to see the beautiful doges and he who succeeded in setting eyes upon her thought he had taken a peep into paradise and had beheld the loveliest of the bright and beautiful angels but according to venetian habits in the midst of the wildest outbreaks of their frantic admiration here and there were heard all sorts of satiric phrases and rhymes and coarse enough too aimed at old falieri and his young wife falieri however appeared not to notice them but strode along as pathetically as possible at annunziata's side smirking and smiling all over his face and free on this occasion from all jealousy although he must have seen the glances full of burning passion which were directed upon his beautiful lady from all sides arrived before the principal entrance to the palace the guards had some difficulty in driving back the crowd so that the doge and doges might go in but here and there were still standing isolated knots of better dressed citizens who could not very well be refused entrance into even the inner quadrangle of the palace now it happened just at the moment that the doges entered the quadrangle that a young man who with a few others stood under the portico fell down suddenly upon the hard marble floor as if dead with the loud scream oh good god good god the people ran together from every side and surrounded the dead man so that the doges could not see him yet as the young man fell she felt as if a red-hot knife were suddenly thrust into her heart she grew pale she reeled and was only prevented from fainting by the smelling bottles of the ladies who hastened to her assistance old falieri greatly alarmed and put out by the accident wished the young man in his fit anywhere and he carried his annunziata who hung her pretty head on her bosom and closed her eyes like a sick dove himself up the steps into her own apartments in the interior of the palace although it was very hard work for him to do so end of part seven the doge and doges section four recording by expatriate in bangor maine